Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Twin. Peter, Lois is your wife. You should be defending her, not talking trash and gossiping behind her back like some kind of Midwestern teenager. Did you gals hear about Allie Gallagher? She let Alan Ackerman smack her in the back with his tallywhacker behind the snack shack. What? Nobody here in Maryland understands a single word you're saying. You should move back to Minnesota. I can't go back. I Snapchatted Matt Gakarak a Kodak on my ass crack. I, I love how, how you guys sound up there. I really do. It's, 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 I mean, New York has an accent. You guys are the coolest, hands down. Hello, everybody. It is Monday night again. Monday Night Raw. Attitude Alive. There's no major sports on. The Yankees are on the West Coast, so we, I mean, we're covering them, but I don't have to. So I'm here for the duration of tonight's broadcast. I know you guys are just Yay! overjoyed about that. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just overjoyed. I can tell. I am. Um, I am. A, and, it's it's nice to have you. It's nice to have you on with us for a show occasionally. There, big swing. You know, you don't get to be on here with us very often when you're doing double duty. So it's very nice oh, yeah. to be able to have you on with us for a full show tonight. So your uh, double uh, duty. duty stuff is, uh, is pretty much done now for a while, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we carry the Yankees. So, you know, a lot of, you know, sometimes if I'm doing the Yankee game or something, I'll have these going on. But, yeah, the majority of um, the, the stuff that's going to interfere with the show is over till uh, Monday night. So we we got some time. Well, you know, as bad as the Yankees are playing, you definitely need to carry them. Um, well, I mean, they're in second place, and I'm pretty sure they just took three out of four from the Royals. Sorry, yeah, Brad. well, the, the Twins are in first place, so, you know. But, yeah, but, but they're in the weakest the division in the American League. But, I know, but the Twins are in first place, but 
We'll go with that. But. Every time the Twins are in first place, you have to put a butt behind it. Yes, I do have to put a butt behind it. Because it's the Indians' division to win, and it's only April. Uh, yeah, I know. If the if the Twins will know that they have to uh, play a whole season instead of just a month, you know, I just want to give a shout-out real quick uh, to uh, a friend of mine in the Twins organization. He go. He's the uh, general manager, uh, Dave St. Peter. Uh, ah. I want to. I want to take this time to send out a shout to him. Shout out to him. Uh, it was about uh, let's see, three or four years ago now. Uh, he set it up that my father was able to raise the flag before the start of the uh, uh, the Twins baseball game at Target Field, and. Nice. Dave St. Peter was instrumental in getting that taken care of, and I uh, I do want to send a shout out to him. And, have you uh, been to Target Field recently? Up. Me? Yeah. I have not, but uh, I'll be taking my father there <clears throat> in August uh, for nice. his birthday. I'm spoiling the surprise here. Uh, we're taking him uh, the ninth. His birthday is <laughs> on the eighth. We're taking him to the Lynx game on the 9th, the Twins game on the 10th. There will be a surprise guest there. I'm not going to tell, say who that is right now. And there's mm-hmm. also going to be a surprise for him on Sunday. I'm saying this now. He won't – I'm sure he won't be listening to the show now. However, on the way down to the event that's, the events that we're taking him to is when I'm going to play this show. So at this point, since he's not listening now and he'll be listening, Dad, you're listening right now. I know you are. I want to give a shout-out to you for being the greatest father any kid could ever want for anything other than being my best friend, and that's my father. I love you with all my heart, and you know that. And I know you're listening to that right now because I'm making you listen to it, even though – it's August right now, and we recorded this in April. There you go. Ah, uh, wait. So you sold the surprise. I thought maybe he wasn't listening or something. He's not. He's not going to be listening to this until August when we go down to the Twin City. Oh, so, okay. I thought you meant he's listening to it right now. Oh, no, okay. No, no. So okay, his birthday okay. is in August. Icon. His birthday is in August. His birthday is August eighth. Born August 8th, 1941. And if you do a little backtrack calculation, nine months before that was Pearl Harbor. No, nine months after. No, no. No. No, it was a couple months after that. No, Pearl Harbor was December uh, 1941. So it would be August, it would be September, October, November, so four months after. Uh, I think your timeline's a a little off there, but... No, December seventh. No, no, I, I, I think he's right. December seventh, forty one was Pearl Harbor Day. I mean, Pearl Granny Harbor. was in college, so she would know. Oh, wait. No, 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 I was not in. I was not in college. <laughs> I, hello, I wasn't born until sixty two, dear. I'm only fifty six years old. Okay, but but Pearl Harbor was December seventh, nineteen forty one. A day that will forever right. live in infamy. Well, he was born nine months after that, so I guess it was forty two. So I'm a little off. Uh, my fault. Oh, well, okay then. 
But anyways, um, <laughs> just don't don't play him that part of the clip of you forgetting his birthday. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, so it's AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin tonight. Uh, winner has Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. Do you think that this could possibly be uh, a Barry Corbin title push here? Oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it could be. could be, but I hope not. Yeah, I kind of I hope not, too, although I'm a little – I don't know. I mean, they brought AJ over to Raw for the reason, I think, of, you know, giving him some more exposure on the flagship show. So it could well be AJ – because, I mean, they're, they're doing this whole thing now where they want to give the fans what they want, and I think the fans want to see Baron Corbin lose. So that could be, you know, that could be doing. Who knows? Who knows? It's Elite Fox versus Becky Lynch right now. Uh, it's good to see the, you know, AA champion uh, actually fighting on Raw. That, that's, that's a good sign. You know, that's something that we don't see very often. So... And as we're, as we're going through this, uh, we're, we're scheduled to have a three-guest night. We all know Only two, though. That. Our first guest, which will be on in around six minutes, we got Freya the Slayer. She'll be on. We have Matthew Granahan. He'll be on. And, yeah, Matthew Granahan. And we are supposed to have... Uh, Bo Duke, John Schneider on with us. He has not confirmed, and he also has not said that he's not going to be on. So we're going to hope for the so best on that. essentially what you're saying is you only have one guest because you gave the first guest the wrong time, and you have one that's not confirmed. No, no. I, I found a replacement <laughs> for the guest that oh. had to cancel. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah, we were supposed to have uh, Jenea Ruiz on. As our yes. second guest, and I, I'll admit I have issues with time zones, but the thing is, when I tell them, you know, 9.45 Central Standard Time, and then I also give a countdown, call us in one hour and 45 minutes from whatever time zone you're in, you know, it should, uh, it should be pretty self-explanatory. Now, before our guest calls comes on, and if uh, if Bo Duke is not able to be on tonight, we'll talk about this more. But there's a new show. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, it's called Dark Side of the Ring, and <clears throat> on uh, Vice Channel on Wednesday nights. The first uh, episode, uh, they talked about the match made in heaven, which was between the story of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And uh, yep. no, no explanation needed for la- uh, last week's show, the Montreal Screwjob. So we all know what happened there. Because well, the heart, we the, all the heart think we know what happened there. I mean, I mean, nobody's nobody's really taking you know full responsibility for it. I mean, here it is, twenty-two years ago, and we're still kind of like. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Brett wanted out, and he was in on it. And then there was that was a rogue move by Vince and Sean, and then it was this and that. And is I, I think it's really muddled. And I think 
you know, both sides of the story, no matter who you ask, somebody that's close to Vince and Sean um, is going to say that it was, you know, Brett was in on it and he was just being a baby. Um, and then some people, I think, are going to say that, you know, Vince is an asshole and Sean, and we know he is. Um, and, uh, and, and this was a rogue thing that screwed over Brett. And I, I you know, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that it's a fascinating moment for me. Um, you know, kind of like it was fascinating for Granny, you know, growing up during World War II. Um, it had to have been <laughs> a fascinating thing to, Big to swing, go through. I swear to God. I, I, I did not grow up during that. World War II. I mean, my goodness. You I, I was born that. in 1962. You, you have okay, to so the Cold War. The Cold War, then. Well, look, you have to remember, <laughs> though, we had Julie Hart on this show, and we asked her point blank if it was a work. And she said it wasn't. And she wouldn't yes, lie to but us. Think about the last name. Hart. I mean, now, again, I'm not in any position to make a, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a definite conclusion um, and obviously Julie Hart is an amazing person and, and we love her and we don't think that she would lie to us, but she is in the Hart family and the Hart family's opinion on the whole thing was that Brett got screwed. You know, I guarantee well, you, you if you had somebody, but, but I guarantee if you had somebody whose last name is McMahon on her, they would say that Brett was in on the whole thing and it was, you know, to boost ratings and Brett was being a baby. So, I mean, you've got to look at both sides here. You know, and that's the video. Though, she, she's not a member of the Hart family anymore. Okay, but still, you know, she's not going to, you know, th- th- that was a major moment that affected, you know, really the whole family. I mean, because, hey guys, you know, Brett went over to WCW and, you know, his yeah, career kind of died over there, unfortunately. I have a quick announcement to make before our first guest calls in. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, next week, Next week, we have a big show as well. You know, uh, mm-hmm. believe it or not, uh, how many guests do you think we're going to have next week? Oh, boy. Um, four? Three, actually. Okay. Uh, well, then that's have... not out of the norm, then. You made it seem like it was bigger than usual. Well, I was just, uh, just seeing if you guys were paying attention. Uh, we oh. are going to have, uh, just confirmed, uh, we're supposed to have Zoe Sky. Uh, okay. Now I posted a picture of this uh, actress and director Deborah Richards. Uh, she sent me a nice promo picture of her wearing uh, nothing but electrician's tape on her uh, nice. her prestices. And uh, Richard Maxwell from the New York Journal of Books is going to be on with us. So we're going to add a nice. little touch of class to the show. One thing um, I do want to uh, just do a, a Mick Foley cheap pop here, shameless plug, uh, before we go to our first guest, which is on with us, uh, is tune into the station, same one you're listening to this one on, okay, for anybody out there who's listening, uh, draft coverage Thursday night, so make sure you check <clears> it out uh, <throat> right, right, right when it starts. I'll be covering, and I won't be on air, um, but I'll be working the switchboard, so all those fantastic commercials for things you probably don't need that are probably overpriced, uh, you can you can hear right here, and I'll be putting them on. So take care of that. Uh, check that out. 
Uh, Icon, we do have our first guest down with us. Uh, I'm just going to check on the Yankees quick and come right back, uh, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down that aisle, she is our first combatant of the night. She gives new meaning to the word, I will slay your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Freya the Slayer. Hey, how are you, gal? Hey, this is Freya the Slayer. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, tell hey, me, I didn't even have to have her do the plug. She did that on her own. Get that. Well, see, here's the deal, uh, Big Swing. Uh, I've started to set it up so that our guests will start saying it right away so I don't have to do any more editing than I have to do. Oh, beautiful. Well, well, you know, you realize that, um, you know, I do most of the editing and it's <clears throat> Granny and I who I, I leave in. You realize that, right? Yeah, but I, I plan on editing you out. Anyway, uh, oh. let, let's, uh, <laughs> let's uh, concentrate on our guest here because it's her time. Uh, so, yes, yes. Leah, um, uh, let, let me go back to my original question. Was that not the best in inter- ring introduction you've ever had? That was great. That's, uh, definitely I was going to say, three. please say yes, because we'll have to listen to it if you don't. <laughs> top three for okay. sure. Okay. Okay, Freya. So uh, uh, before Big Swing interrupts us again, uh, <laughs> what we'd like to do is after I introduce the guests, we'd like to have them give us a little background. Then we uh, ask them some cool questions. So uh, give us a little background about yourself, then we'll talk to you. Well, um, I'm wrestling out of Alaska, specifically um, Fairbanks, Alaska is the city I'm out of. I've been wrestling for about two years, um, and I also promote um, a company up in Alaska called 49th State Wrestling. And I've wrestled all over Alaska for all the companies here and then a little bit in Seattle. And I was trained by um, the modern-day classic Jerry Bishop, who um, primarily used to wrestle out of Ohio but is now up here in Alaska as well. Hmm. So now did he discover you, or did you you call him up or see him at a show, or how did you – Hook up with your trainer. Um, well, he was up here for personal business, and then um, had kind of gotten out of wrestling for a little bit, and then he found us, and then um, so I was starting to get interested in wrestling, and then he messaged me, and so that worked out really conveniently because there aren't a lot of training opportunities in Alaska. Awesome. Well, it was uh, that was that's interesting because that's what I was actually gonna ask first was you. Know, we know that the wrestling culture up where Icon is in Fargo is, is big. Uh, they have, you know, Fargo hosts a lot of shows. Granny down in Arkansas has a lot between the Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas area that they go to that has a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, wrestling. And I'm up here in New York. Um, and, you know, obviously all know New York has everything. So, you know, I'm just wondering what, the wrestling culture is like in Alaska. Just, I mean, from, from a population standpoint, I mean, is it is it is it difficult to get gigs and things up there, or is there a pretty good, you know, pretty good community circle for it? Um, it's definitely small, but um, part of that kind of helps us. There's three main wrestling promotions up here, and the trickiest thing we have isn't really getting gigs. It's that we're also spread out from each other, and so mm. where I live. Um, the closest promotion to me other than my own is six hours away. And so, Oh, wow. It's yeah. So when we're making towns, you're really on the road for a bit, but, um, 
So we have our three main promotions here. So I run 49th State, and then there's NSA Wrestling down in Palmer, and then there's um, NFWA Wrestling. But the wrestling scene here is definitely growing. I mean, we've had wrestling in Alaska since the 50s. I mean, the NWA title was um, was defended up here back then, and so there's been a pretty consistent wrestling culture. And I would say right now it's definitely starting to grow, though. I mean, this is the most promotions Alaska's had in quite a few years. And when you wrestle, would you consider yourself a babyface, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides you're going to be? Um, kind of depends where I'm wrestling. Um, in my hometown, I'm always a babyface. At my home promotion, I am. But I, you know, depends who I'm working. So if the crowd wants me to be a heel, if I'm somewhere else, I will happily go into that role. And I would imagine, I would imagine though that being a smaller market, um, you know, people who, because like if you guys travel, I'm assuming that the fans travel as well. <clears throat> Again, it's just an assumption. If, if people see you as you know a babyface on your own promotion uh, down where you're located, and then see you being a heel somewhere else, I mean, does that kind of hurt character a little bit? Because oftentimes people are all in on heel or all in on face. And then obviously, you know, they make a dramatic change and they go all in on the other side. If they are going to change, does it kind of, you know, you a little bit to, to flip flop or, or have you had success with it? Um, I've had a lot of success with it. That's the one thing that keeps all of our promotions pretty strong is we all cater to completely different crowds. And mm. so I normally do heal at a promotion that runs generally all ages shows. And they're in a really small city um, outside of Anchorage, which is the biggest city in the state. And so most of those people are families, and they're not really traveling. Um, And then when I run, I do primarily bar shows. And I always target things to people who are not wrestling fans. Like, that's my goal, is to create wrestling fans all over Alaska. So it's a totally different crowd. And so I haven't really had too many people like, hey, wait a minute, I hated you last week. Like, no, it's all different crowds. Oh, that's good, and, Ben. Okay. You know, we, we, we would have to say that uh, you are definitely the hottest female wrestler in the history of Alaska right now. Oh, well, thank you. Now, I'll, I'll take it. Now, your wrestling style, what kind of wrestling style uh, would you say that you, you're more like? Would you say you're a technical style like Bret Hart, a grunty style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin, or a high flyer like, say, a Chris Benoit or Rey Mysterio? Um, I'm definitely more of a powerhouse wrestler. Um, I came into wrestling from playing basketball. I'm 6'1", and so I definitely come into it with using that, like, strong game that I, you know, got from basketball. But then every once in a while I want to flow, throw in something, a little high fly, just to keep you on your toes. Uh, Faya the Slayer is our guest here. We have uh, 23 minutes left with uh, Freya here. So kind of curious about your name, and it's an awesome name, by the way. How does, where does the Slayer come from, or do you, is it Slayer or Slayer, or either or? It is Slayer. Um, so when I first started out wrestling, I kind of did a Viking gimmick and that's where I got the name Freya, you know, war goddess. And then from there, naturally, um, 
trying to think of something that went with that. Well, when you've got a word goddess, you're going to get slayed. So Freya the Slayer was born. Uh, that, that's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned the Vikings. You know, uh, me being in North Dakota, close to Minnesota, you know, we're all Viking fans here. So uh, you uh, you just went up a uh, another notch to all our uh, Minnesota listeners. Oh, perfect. Ew. <laughs> well, see, he he's up in New York, so you know he uh, he's a weenie Giants fan or Jets fan, you know, and uh, we all know. That. You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about you, Jawan? Icon, you should know by now <laughs> who my who my fandom lies. America's well, I, team. I know you're, you're a Cowboys, you're I know American you're a Cowboys fan, but. I know you're a Cowboys fan, but you're up where the Jets and the Giants are. That's why I said that. Yeah, but the only true team in New York is Buffalo. The other two play in Jersey. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so, Prey of the Slay is our guest here. We got, um, well, we got uh, 41 minutes here. So, when you're out wrestling, how often do you uh, you try and uh, get out and wrestle? Do you uh, try and get once a week, twice a week? Once every other week, a couple times a month, three times a month. Uh, how often do you try and get yourself booked? At least a couple times a month. Um, with all the different promotions here, if I can line up things where you can make one haul and hit a few promotions on the way, that's really ideal. But um, it also depends on the season. That road in the winter, the highway, is pretty rough. And so um, definitely more in the summer. It's a lot easier to make towns and hit multiple promotions at once, but even so, a couple times a month for sure. And when you are wrestling, do you do you just wrestle women or do you do you kick butt to the guys too? Oh no. I'm a equal opportunity ass kicker. Um there aren't many female wrestlers in Alaska, so if you want to get booked, you're wrestling anyone. Now is there uh do you like to do Certain kind of matches, gimmick matches, or are you just a straight-up technical uh, wrestling style? I've done both. I did my first um, hardcore match last December, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I also do a bit of tag team wrestling, some different promotions. So I'm, I, I'll do it all. I really love tag team wrestling, and I want to do more of that for sure. But um, I'm happy to do whatever the promoter wants me to do. Well, you mentioned tag team wrestling. Do you have one partner? Or do you have several partners? Um, at the promotion <clears throat> that I'll be at this Sunday, actually, um, I have one tag team partner. Um, his name's Timmy Hulky, and he's like probably like a hundred pounds soaking wet, maybe five seven, and so we're quite the pair together. And so if I can come in with the powerhouse, and then he's got more of that high flying skill. We're a hard team to beat. So basically, you're carrying the team then. You know, I'll be the China if I have to be. Now you mentioned China. Of course, China is is a is a great hero to the show, and she did really revolutionize women's wrestling and what they can do. You know, she was the first female Intercontinental Champion, first female to win the Royal Rumble. You know, and I like how you mentioned that. Uh, you know, you uh, kind of go after her style. What would you say 
whether you wrestle men or women, what would you say was your toughest kind of match that you've been in, and who was your toughest opponent? My toughest opponent so far was probably um, just last month. Normally, even when I wrestle men, normally I have quite a bit of a size advantage. Um, but last month I wrestled um, at uh, in Anchorage against Sid Snot, who plays a bit of a British anarchist. And that was the first time I had wrestled someone who could throw me around just as much as I threw them around. And that was a huge challenge for me. And unfortunately did not come on top that one. But I'm happy to to face him again whenever the opportunity arises. Freya, Freya the Slayers are a guest here. Now, uh, I'm going to kind of open it up. Uh, Big Swing had a few questions. Uh, we're going to ha- let uh, Granny ask you a few. Then I'm going to come back and off- ask you the tough nail-biting questions. So, Granny, what do you got for our guest there? Well, since you asked one of my questions, I kind of I'll forgive you for that. So, what has been one of your most challenging matches you've ever had to do? Um, another big challenging match I had was last summer. Um, I was wrestling on a tour, a three-city tour, and I was wrestling against. The, I was facing someone two nights in a row, and that second night they had a manager that really made that a tough match for me because they did whatever they could to get the upper hand. But luckily I was able to come out on top. That was uh, versus Sarah the Impalin. Now, do you ever wrestle in other states other than Alaska? I mean, or is that something that you would like to do in the future? or I've wrestled in Seattle at um, Northwest Pro Wrestling, which is based in Bremerton, but I would love to get out and wrestle in more states for sure. I um, really want to focus my summers on being able to travel and make as many states as I could. Well, the reason why I ask that question is because, you know, as I mentioned, um, I live in Arkansas, so I have friends that do wrestling shows over in Oklahoma. And I have an organization that I'm big in helping. It's called Wrestling for a Cause. They do shows for kids that have got cancer. And they just had a show this past Saturday, Fight for Connor. And unfortunately, I did not get to make it to that one because um, I was getting my son moved into his new apartment over the weekend. So I didn't get to make it to that one. But um, we would love to have you at Oklahoma. I mean, at, there in Oklahoma. I mean, they have a Facebook page, and I mean, we would love. We and we have a few female wrestlers at WFC. I mean, we would love to have you at Oklahoma. I mean, that you sound absolutely amazing. And you know, Granny, <clears throat> and I'm surprised that Icon did not mention this, but I'm not a big heel fan. I don't like the the heels I'm I'm I like the good guys so I give the heels a lot of grief so if you were a heel in Oklahoma I would have fun doing a lot of smack talk to you I'm not and and just so you know I'm not a wrestler just because I have the name Granny Holkster it's just a gimmick name because I do love wrestling and I'm a big I'm a big fan of the sport so you know but uh, that's awesome I would love that she does. She does have a weapon that she got in Canada. It's called the Hurricana. Ooh, <laughs> I did not get it in dangerous. Canada. That I caught. <laughs> Quit telling lies. I did not get it in Canada. <laughs> You're funny. 
Well, the reason why it's called a hurricane is because it's hurricane, so hurricane, and it came in Canada, so hurricane. Anyway, hence the name. So, go on. <laughs> here we go. So, Faye of the Slaves, I guess we have 15 minutes here left with Faye. Well, I can't. Uh, the, the, so, I'm going to see if she calls back in in a second. Oh, there she is. Okay, hang on. There she is. She dropped Hello. off a minute. She's back on. Yep, she's Uh-oh. back on. Nope, she's back on. Oh. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, what happened okay, is uh, Big Swing, hit, Big, Big Swing uh, was trying to tell the producer to hit the other button and not the button, so he hit the wrong button. That's why he got disconnected. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to invite you to the studio, and we're going to have you take him on, our producer. Yeah, damn interns. Okay, that's what we're doing. But, so that leads me um, to my next question. Man, that, that's, that's true, though. I got, what kind of man would that be? Well, uh, it would be the uh, the microphone match. The first one that gets to the microphone uses it. Oh, perfect. Microphone mm. on a full match. There you <laughs> go. Never heard of that. Uh, it's the first time. Well, it's that, the first that, time. That, See, we set trends on this show. Right, so that leads me to my next question. Every wrestler that uh, we've talked to, and we all know this, has a great finishing maneuver. What we want you to do is tell us what's yours, the name of it, what's involved, and then we'll see if one of us will volunteer to let uh, you practice it on one of us. Great. said, even though I'm more of a powerhouse wrestler, I definitely want to pull out out of my back that maybe people haven't seen, you know, a taller woman do. And so my finisher is called the Northern Exposure. And um, it's a diving leg drop off the top. Wow. Wow. And uh, <laughs> when when you use that maneuver, maneuver, I bet you they don't get up, do they? Oh, no. Definitely not. You're definitely getting a three count. So uh, Hopefully uh, there's a cart nearby. Is- Big Swing is uh, raising his hand, and he wants you to try that on him. <laughs> I hope he has really yeah. good experience. Um, I, you know, I do. I, do. Um, I, I, I don't know how good, but it's it, it's decent. decent. Well, let's put it to the test. Hey, I, oh, hey I'll, I'll take one for the oh, team. I'll take challenge, one for the team. a challenge. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll take one for the team, and... Um, you know, but who's going to be the heel in this situation? Like, who's Question, everybody where rooting are we wrestling for? at? Uh, I mean, ooh, obviously, well, they're the, rooting me. I'm just... Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're about... Well, you're about as far away in the continental United States as you can get from me. I mean, you know, I'm in New York, you're in Alaska, so maybe there'd be a, a nice midway point. Maybe, I don't know, Fargo, North Dakota? Might Icon? That well, that'd be cool. I, I'd ref, I'd referee the match. You would, you would referee the match. Although I don't know if I trust you to referee the match. And then Granny could just sit back there and just like heckle us the whole time. <laughs> this sounds great. Someone book it. Yeah, I'm down. Well, Let's I'll do tell it. You what, we'll, uh, we'll work make sure it's on video done. too, because we can make a lot of money off YouTube views. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on getting that done. Now, beautiful. The one, the other question I ask all our all our independent wrestlers, and nobody, no wrestler we've had on has answered this question the same way, so I'll put it to you, two-part question. Now, we all know the big dance for a wrestler is the WWE, or Ring of Honor, or what have you. Now, two-part question, is the WWE something you want to do? Because when you get there, they tell you what you do, what you can't do, they control all aspects of your life. 
as an independent wrestler, you know, you control your own destiny. That's part one. And part two, if you do get that million-dollar contract, we know you, you will someday because you got the drive. Would you not big-time us still be our friend and still talk to us when you get to the big-time? I think everyone who wrestles aspires to be in the WWE. I mean, that's obviously the top tier of wrestling. You're at the best of your game in WWE. But I think people who make it big and then forget everyone who helps them get there, you know, they really need to watch out for karma. Because the one big thing in professional wrestling is you're in the indies on the way up and then you're in the indies on the way down. You know, most people start and end their career on the indies. So people are going to remember if you treated them bad once you made it big, because you'll probably be back back where they are pretty quickly. The main moral to that story is never forget where you came from. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, Granny, big swing, what else you got? We got uh, Faye of the Slayer. We got uh, nine minutes left with uh, Faye. Uh, well, before I let you guys ask your next question, uh, you know, Faye, we got a, a big December show coming up that we like to do every year where we have uh, – we do uh, prize giveaways for our guests, from mm. our guests. Uh, do you think you'd be willing to uh, send us some autographs for giveaways for our big December show? Sure. I could definitely do that. Just send me an address. Yeah, I, I send it to you on uh, Facebook Messenger. So whatever you can do for us, we'd appreciate it. And, of course, you know, one uh, autograph to the icon, you know, because I'll put it into my ego collection. I'll put it on my overflowing wall of fame that I have, um, you know, so – there you go. So, uh, Big Swing, Granny, what else you got? I pretty much, you pretty much covered everything pretty well there, Icon, well, as always. So. Sure. Well, t- I mean, take us down down the road of um, of sort of your career decision. Like, how did you uh, decide to become a wrestler? I mean, I know you said you have a basketball background. Uh, what sort of took you away from basketball and, and into wrestling? Um, I've always liked to be a strong person, just physically, and I've always liked weights. And um, I actually ended up becoming a wrestler just because I was shoot wrestling for fun and was really good at it. And I realized, you know, it's fun to wrestle your friends. It'd probably be fun to wrestle with people. I should really start training. And then I always liked wrestling, but never really thought of it as an option, just because you know I live in Alaska in the middle of nowhere practically. But then once I found Jerry Bishop to train me, it really became something that was, and from there really grew to love it and have now put a lot of time and effort in being the best wrestler I can be. Awesome. So uh, when is your next uh, big event? Uh, tell us where it is, when it is, uh, and if uh, our fans that are listening can come out and see and get tickets, what would they have to do? So um, the next show I'll be on is with NSA Wrestling in Palmer, Alaska at the Palmer Train Depot, and it's this Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. And the next show I'll be doing after that is through 49th State Wrestling, and I'm actually really excited about this one because it's in Denali National Park. And I don't know if you know what it's like at a national park in the summer, but it's like an adult summer camp. And so there's all sorts of wrestling fans there. And that will be um, Friday, June 28th. And you'll be able to get tickets 
online through 49th State's wrestling page. And do you uh, do you plan on um, having any title shots or going after any titles in the near future? Because I, I got good news for you if you say yes. This Sunday, I'm actually in a rumble, hoping to get the gold pan so that I'll have a title shot at the NSA Wrestling Championship. So wish me luck. Well, here's here's where the luck comes in. No pressure, mind you. Uh, I okay. want to give our fans uh, an update. Any time that we've had a wrestler on our show that's been on the show or booked on the show and went after a title within the next couple weeks or months or what have you has always won. And I'm proud to say I just got an update. Uh, a former guest of ours just won his title match. And I'm not going to say who it is right now because he's going to be on with us. He wanted to be a surprise because he's going to call in on it. But we are now, get this, 401 and 0. Okay, 402. No pressure. Yeah, so, so no pressure. Yeah, no, no pressure whatsoever. And here's here's the thing. I do want you to keep in contact with me because if you do, if you do win that title, I want you to let me know that you won it, and then I can keep our stats up. And if you lost it, you're going to have to lie to me. Got it. That's cool. All right. Uh, Faye is our slayer is our guest here. We have. <clears throat> Wait a minute, Iconis. That's an option. How do we know that you haven't bribed? other people to lie to you, and we actually don't have that good of a record. That's the first time I've ever requested someone to lie to me, so... Uh, okay, well, at least on air, anyway. All right, well... Well, well I'll, I'll just... I'll be optimistic. Awesome. So, uh... I feel good about- uh, Fab, before we uh, let you go here, uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out, uh, do you have a Facebook? You got an Instagram? You got a Twitter? You got a YouTube? Uh, you got a GoFundMe? What do you got? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Friends. Uh, so, awesome. And, at uh, Freya.the.slaya. And real quick here, of course, our our fans know that this ego question is gonna was gonna come and pop up here before you uh, before you left. Uh, the icon made you a cool collector's car. What was your opinion on that? That was great. I reposted it. I shared it already. So great job. And you're Very nice and you're free to use that. You're free to use that in any manner you want. The only thing I request is someone asks who made it. You say, well, you know, I got this EU Tisco guy out in North Dakota, and he goes by the icon, and he's real cool, and I want to date him, but he's engaged or something like that. So, you know, you know, you could use that line. Perfect. I'll hashtag that. <laughs> Granny, we need one of those, like, wah, wah, wah sound effect buttons. I'm going to tell the intern to get on one of those. Yeah. Or crickets. I'm going to have to do that. Well, crickets, crickets yeah. could work, yeah, but... You know, I I don't know. I, I just want I like, like womp, womp, goofy womp sound better. effects. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll try to I'll try to download one, and I'll tell the intern to download one while we're here. Anyway, continue. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Freya. Uh, we do appreciate you being on with us tonight. You've been awesome, and uh, hopefully, 
if we haven't scared you way too much, you'd be willing to come on with us again. And I appreciate you one of the, being one of the few female wrestlers that does not have a restraining order against me yet. <laughs> Hard to come find me. I feel pretty safe. Well, you know, I mean, Alaska is kind of far, but, uh, you know, with the winners that we have here in North Dakota, I could probably handle the uh, uh, Alaska. The only thing I couldn't handle is the midnight sun, it being light out at 11 o'clock at night. Now, yeah, that does make wrestling state. shows in the summer pretty awesome, though, because you no lighting at all. And, like, the show I'm having this June, we'll start that at 10 p.m., and it'll be, you know, perfectly light through the whole thing. Oh, wow. Well, oh, yeah, well, I was wondering if it was the whole uh, state or if that was just, like, the northern part or where exactly that was. That the, Everywhere up there whole does state. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I could handle it either. That's why well, and then you have the, the flip side of that, dark all the time in the winter. Right. That's why if you ever hear Johnny Horton's song, North to Alaska, where he says, the northern lights are running wild in the land of the midnight sun because it's it can be sunny at midnight. It could. You are correct. Well, I'll tell you what, Freya, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we know that uh, you gotta, you're working out. Uh, you took time out of your schedule to join us. We do appreciate it, and you've been so awesome. Thanks no for problem. Being on. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Freya. Yeah, it's not <clears throat> All right, Freya the player, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get it up. The intern the intern just gave me the thumbs up. Um, I wanted to get it up while he was still on with us, um, but I, I don't – hold on. Where would you put that? Is that in there? Oh, yeah, he's giving me the thumbs up. It should still be in there. Um, anyway, I, I found that sound effect, Granny, so I'm going to start hitting that uh, next time as soon as he puts it in here. So uh, real quick, just a quick update. Uh, we are going to just quickly shoot to our sponsor, um, sharpshooterfunding.com. Go on, check them out. If you're in the United States, it's actually first down funding. Uh, so there's a little bit of a, a double double company there. But once again, check them out right here. <laughs> Get them on here in one second, Granny. I, I I wanted to get it on well while Shay uh, Faye was still on with us, but I did find it. So I'm um, ready for my abuse of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna that. be real. It's, it's it's I'm gonna wear that button out. It's not even gonna be able to read it anymore when it's done with it. So, anyways, continue. Icon. Now uh, we do have a second guest on 803 area code. Uh, so I'm going to let you do what you've become so known for. Take it away, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is our second combatant of the night. Guy is the grandmaster of all wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why he has the, that in his name. He is Matthew Granahan. Hey, Matt, how are you? Doing great. Good evening, gentlemen. 
And uh, How are you? we have Granny Hulkster there, too. How are you? Man, this is the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, what uh, what we like to do is after uh, uh, we introduce the guests with the best in-ring introduction they've ever had, that was one of your <laughs> best, wasn't it? That was fantastic. Good. Absolutely. Awesome. So what we like to do is uh, uh, have our guests give us a little background, then we uh, then we ask them the questions. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll talk to you. Sure, man. Well, first of all, I want to say I've just finished coaching at C2X Wrestling Academy up in Mill, up in the Charlotte area, for uh, Tom Tannis, who's the, the head coach over there, All-American from Rutgers and former coach for the, the Naval Academy. And that area, that Charlotte area, has got a lot of great coaches, uh, including uh, T.J. Jaworski, who was head coach for Davidson College up there and also had coached for the summer camp last year over there at C2X. And he's a good friend of the <clears throat> nature boy, Rick Flair. Um, so I don't know uh, if you guys want to, want to talk uh, about uh, about me. I am the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan. People can check me out uh, at my show on Arena Sports Net. It's uh, called King's Court, and uh, I've been bumming around in the world of MMA and pro wrestling for the last uh, two decades, uh, and I've been in the pro wrestling world as an independent pro wrestler since the late nineties and, uh, started competing in MMA in the two thousands and got on the management side as well, managed a number of UFC legends, such as the American psycho, Stefan Bonner, UFC hall of famer, who I'll be working with again on the Mike May 19th at our upcoming uh, pay-per-view Armageddon. That's taking place at the historic APW Arena in South Carolina. Um, so, yeah, man, just been a been a journeyman throughout the la- the the years. Getting a little older, more up in years now, and more focused on the the broadcasting and and managing side of the of the business. But I love the Attitude Era. It was my favorite time. That's actually when I, when I got started, and um, pro wrestling myself was during that Attitude Era time in the, the late nineties. Awesome! It's uh, the best time. Of- I mean, it's yeah. hands down my favorite time. Also. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I've, I know from the amateur wrestling world, Jerry Briscoe, who I'm sure you guys are familiar mm-hmm. with. He's been a talent are, scout yeah, in, the, in the. Uh, right? Yeah, well, the the, uh, the old uh, he was he was back here in the old Attitude Era, running around with Pat Patterson, as kind of a as a stooge, but he he recruits a lot for the WWE, and he's nostalgic about it too. He's I think I think nowadays, the in my opinion, WWE has just gotten too politically correct, a little too. A little too boring, a little too vanilla, and man, I I long for those attitude era days. 
Yeah, AKA it sucks, basically. You know, but you, I don't know if you watch WrestleMania, but you do got to admit, though, that the Batista Triple H match was Attitude Era esque, if you yeah. watched it. Oh, yeah, it was. And, and you know, that was so funny because you bring that up because his uh, promoter, and yeah, we call him the Sinister Vision, that's, that's doing this show May 19th. He's. He's crazy. He's he pulls a lot of stuff from the headlines, and he's working with. Uh, you guys follow the the Justice Smollett trial from the Empire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you know the two brothers that uh, were um, kind of his conspirators, or uh, uh, the guys that were supposed to have beat him up. The two big uh, Nigerian gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got them coming in here for this pay-per-view, May 19th, wow. kind of attitude, era-esque. Um, and this guy is so crazy. He he had um, he had booked Stefan Bonner and I to go on another uh, podcast, Hannibal TV, after WrestleMania, and Bonner called out uh, Zachary Madsen, that, that Bret Hart. And this really? promoter's been talking to him, too. So we, we can't well, like say he's not sure that... He's well. He's been talking to this guy named uh, William Anthony. That's his uh, his coach, his his manager, his boxing coach. The kids had a few amateur MMA fights, and uh, the promoter's looking to sign him for to a match with UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner. So I, I don't I don't know if that one's been signed yet, but I know he's I've I've doing some of the matchmaking for him, and I know that we we've, we've had a few calls with. Uh, his coach. So this guy's looking to do some crazy attitude era esque type stuff for the show. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned Bret Hart. You know, Bret Hart uh, and SharpshooterFunny.com is one of our sponsors of the show, and they are. So they they got the name of that guy. So was it, was it kind of a work, or how did they find the guy's name that attacked Bret? Well, the name was out there in the media that I think Mike Caramico promoter saw and I thought the thing was a work when I saw it uh, it just seemed kind of crazy that he would have been able to get through security like that he's literally just standing there on the ring apron so who knows but I I do know that the promoter uh, reached out to his friends and his, his manager from for MMA and he's been talking to this guy William Anthony about bringing him in for this match with, with Bonner and he booked uh, Bonner and I to go on Hannibal TV and call this kid out. So as far as if that match is definitely taking place on this May 19th show, I'm not sure or not, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's got these Smollett uh, brothers signed. Now, do you so basically what he's going for is he's going for the shock value, basically is what you're saying. Oh, no doubt about it. He's, he's an uh-huh. MMA promoter. He's the uh, MMA Millionaire Fight Club promoter. I worked for mm-hmm. him. And uh, Miami for the last last show I, I broadcast with him was in Miami when I, my broadcast partner I got a chance to work with King Mo again, and he had um, pulled another story out of the headlines that involved an MMA scandalous story. It was uh, Donnie Aaron, and UFC fighter his his girlfriend at the time, Andrea KGB Lee, uh, where Donnie Aaron was was busted for domestic abuse, and they were living with another girl who was the 
um, king of the Cajun Rising Women's Champion, uh, another beautiful gal, uh, the crazy Andy Wynn. If you put those two in a um, in a main event against each other on this grappling show, so he's always looking to pull stuff from the headlines. But it's kind of crazy because I got to get to know Jerry Briscoe pretty well over the years, and he told me that back in the Attitude Era day, the WWF tried to sign O.J. Simpson aggressively and just never could come mm-hmm. to terms. Um, so, you know, this is the kind of crazy shock value type stuff that that uh, this guy's going for here for Well, I mean, the they, 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 pull, they pulled out Mike Tyson. And, you know, Mike Tyson, yes, he was a championship boxer, but, I mean, if you think about all, like, the rape, uh, rape allegations he had and just all the negative press he was getting for his interviews and things, I mean, to pull guys like that, you know, I, I mean, they had Kane tombstone Pete Rose in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. they, went, they went all out for some crazy stuff. And, um, you know, I, in a way, I mean, growing up, I, I, again, I don't know how old you are, but, I, I mean, I'm 30. So when I, you know, was watching that as a, as a middle schooler, early high schooler, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, between that and even what WCW was doing, I was like, this, this is like wrestling is awesome. Like, this is like the coolest thing oh, I've ever seen. Oh, great, man. And now that if I go back and, and watch it now – it's like if the product was then what it is now, I probably wouldn't have watched wrestling. Honestly, I probably wouldn't be interested. In it. So no, and you know I'm, 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 I'm in my I'm in my mid forties, and I grew up watching the uh, the WCW, the the TBS, and then of course through Hulkamania. Uh, I saw he from I saw it from WrestleMania one on. Um, mm. So. I, I think even then it was a little bit more kiddish. You know, there was uh, we had the uh, the cartoons. You know, the WWF had their cartoon set up, uh, and it was appealing more to kids. But man, the Attitude Era was by far the best, the absolute best time. And it, and it was also because of competition, because you had WCW and WWF competing against each other aggressively and getting creative. They had to get creative. Well, the WCW was always like, even though it wasn't marketed as an Attitude Era per se, they were always the company that was more over the top and had more wild stuff, like David Arquette's mom in a cage above the ring kind of a thing. You know, like they always had crazy yeah. shit going on. And WWE went, oh, wow, we're way too plain. And, you know, people want blood. They want crazy stuff. They want to go... People want to be, oh my God, wow, what the hell is going on? So um, that is that is why he had to go do what he did. And then obviously Vince, you know, Vince took it over the top sometimes too. But when you're a kid, uh, hell, even when you're my age, you want to see something where you're just like, oh, okay, that was cool, you know. And I just I haven't seen anything like that in probably ten years, and it, it's a little disappointing, honestly. Yeah, you uh, want to be entertained. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Matthew Granahan is our guest here. We have about uh, 15 minutes here left with you. You know, I was uh, kind of curious, you know, if you could, uh, would you be able to hook us up with uh, some of the guys that you're talking about, like uh, Bonner or uh, oh, of any of course, those? Yeah. Sure, of course, you know, absolutely. I, uh, One of the other guys that I've been booking and doing wrestling clinics with forever is is uh, the Beast Dan Severn. And um, oh, he's, he's also managed. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we've had him on. We've had him on, and uh, uh, he's an awesome, dude. Heard, yeah, I know. Yeah, he is. Was, but, uh, 
how he'll 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 rent a car and he won't bring <clears> it back <throat> for like a month. Oh, he's crazy! I tell you, I did some stand-up comedy with with Dan. We we knew it. We've been doing coaching clinics together for a long time, and and he stayed at my house a number of times. And I learned how funny he is. So I mean, I did stand-up comedy for a long time, and I got him to do some bar shows with me. And uh, one story related to that is we finished up a bar show in Lexington, South Carolina, a few years ago. And I said, hey, you know, it was about 12.30, 1 a.m., and we're outside the bar. And I said, you know, you're going to go back to the house and crash. And he said, no, he goes, I'm heading back. And we'd been up all day. We'd done back-to-back clinics and the stand-up show, and I was exhausted. And he goes, I'll call you. He goes, call me in the morning when you get up. Now, this was in South Carolina. He drove all the way to Michigan. And when I called him up in the morning, he was about an hour or two from his house. Crazy. One other time, we had uh, there were these these kids that were uh, doing a documentary on him, or following him around. Uh, Justin Golightly, who works for the Middle Evian, and actually he actually works for Ronda Rousey now for her website, being on the journalism side for a long time. He was following her around, following Dan around, and it was one of our stand-up shows at Flying Saucer. So they came, Dan came over to the house and, and filmed this shoot interview, sit-down, lengthy interview. And it, it got to be, this was like 4 in the morning. And he says, ah, he goes, could you make a pot of coffee? And I made a pot of coffee, and I was, my eyes were burning. I was ready to pass out. He drank a, drank a couple cups of coffee, got in the car, drove all the way back to Michigan. Like wow. In the morning. He's wow. a machine, man. And and I'll tell you something else about Dan, man. When we do when we do coaching clinics, you get guys who are in their prime young young wrestlers and they can't even get through his warm ups. He's a he's in still in phenomenal shape. Um he's just a just a hell of a guy, you know, hell of a hell of a nice guy as well. Well, you know, uh you know, you mentioned your stand up comedian, uh, you know, if you can uh you know, hook us up with, uh, you know, the guy that's uh, with Ronda Rousey or Bond or anybody. We'd appreciate it. So what I uh, – Oh, yeah. I'll get you guys, we'll just I, I give you guys a ton of lists of contacts, sure. Cool. I can't give you monetary value, but I can give you a joke that you can use on your show. Ready, I got the button ready. Okay. Why does Mike, why does Mike Tyson cry on all his dates? Why is that? All that mace. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's great. So I get a, I get a, I actually have a stand-up set. It's a little dated, but that I do about Mike Tyson, and I talk about how uh, I start the set saying, you know, I was, I was on the couch flipping through the channels, and I come across this show with Mike Tyson tending to pigeons. Now I grew up. Watching Mike Tyson, fierce boxer. I saw him fight Bruno in Vegas. And I'm thinking to myself, he's reinvented himself. And that show was a few years ago. So I'm thinking, you know, Mike mm-hmm. could reinvent himself once again. And he could become a rapper. And I wrote a rap for him. And I'll perform it for you as Mike Tyson. My name is Mike Tyson, not Henry Ford. I like the coochie and I love the Lord. All my suits are custom made. Tattoo on my face and I'll still get laid. That was a little bit, <laughs> a little like bit from my Mike Tyson set. 
I like it. Now, it needs a little bit needs a little bit more lisp, but but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any uh, Do you have any comedy CDs that you've done? I haven't no because I've I've done comedy a lot of bar shows because I've done a quite a mm-hmm. few with Dan and a lot locally here I've got a lot of compilations of of comedy videos but I've never actually put out a a CD uh, you know the thing is nowadays man, I, I think and this kind of goes back to the attitude there and I sound like an old man when I say this but I guess in a lot of ways I am an old man at this point. But I think about how, like, like DVDs sales used to be really big, right? And for us in, in coaching, in wrestling coaching, I, I used to have a pretty lucrative business doing uh, doing coaching and selling coaching DVDs. All that business mm. is dead now because everything is free on the Internet. Yeah, you know, and it's that way with comedy. You know, there's no. Well, it's that way with music. I mean, I mean, artists aren't selling artists aren't selling CDs, or they're not pressing albums anymore. They're releasing stuff on Spotify or releasing stuff on streaming services now to get their album out, and all their money is coming off the tours and the merchandise and the stuff like that because people aren't going to Fye and stores like that to buy CDs anymore. They become obsolete. So it's it's the same in a lot of different media avenues. Oh, yeah, I can remember growing up, we used to wait in line at the music store um, for, I remember when uh, Guns N' Roses came out with the Use Your Illusion and uh, the one and two, and, and we were, I was with my buddies waiting in line for hours to get the, and now everything is pretty much free. Uh, Michael, we're going to have guests here. We have, uh, we have about uh, 10 minutes left here with Michael. Uh, if you can stay a little longer if our one guest uh, uh, doesn't show, uh, uh, it's supposed to be Bo Duke, John Schneider. Uh, if he doesn't show, we'll uh, keep you on a little bit longer if you can. I, I know that you have a bit uh, early morning tomorrow, but yeah, man, uh, I'm well, you a know, big fan of the Dukes of Hazard, so that'll be man. That's a, that's a great guest. Well, I I, got, uh, you know, I, I, wanna, uh, you I wanted know, to ask like he mentioned he mentioned Dan Severn and he mentioned UFC. He mentioned training and coaching and 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 MMA and all that stuff. Wondering, you also said you like the shock value and you like the, the Attitude Era type of stuff. There are rumors swirling right now because of the success, uh, and you can call it success. I mean, I know she wasn't on long, but of Ronda Rousey and WWE, they're talking about possibly bringing Conor McGregor into the WWE, whether it be yeah. as a wrestler or just as, let's say, like they appoint him as a general manager, something like that. Of Raw, and he oh, just creates chaos. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Something man, like he's that. Custom made for it. He is custom made for it. And I'll tell you, I I can to give you guys a lot. I know we don't have a lot of time, but a lot of yeah, uh, right. stories about about bringing guys in because I uh, brought uh, Stephen Bonner into pro wrestling. I uh, brought him in for. Um, he's done some shows with me but got him into TNA for that whole angle with American Top Team that he had yep. with uh, uh, with uh, Bobby Lashley and those guys, <laughs> King Mo. Uh, I, um, I, I called his first pro wrestling match for House of Glory at, at New York City Arena. I helped him put that match together. It was supposed to be against Matt Riddle, but we say Matt Riddle got a case of the pussyitis because he literally canceled a few hours before he was supposed to have the match. And oh, wow. he ended up 
ended up being with Shotanaka from New Japan. But uh, but I've, I've brought in Phil Baroni into pro wrestling, the New York badass from UFC and Pride. Uh, he was supposed to go into uh, into TNA, or uh, not TNA, but into NXT, and ended up getting him in uh, Global Force Wrestling, and we set him up with a little feud um, with uh, Chael Sonnen. And that never materialized, that promotion. You know, Jeff Jarrett kind of went silent on us after the first couple shows. But I brought a lot of guys in. And and I'll tell you, man, Conor McGregor, he's custom-made for Is he custom-made for what WWE is now, though? I mean, do you really think Conor McGregor is going to be able to hold his tongue and and not have some slip-ups that could cause fines or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, McGregor, I just think that McGregor is – um, yes, he's custom made, but I mean, he's custom made for like 98 through 06. You know what I'm saying? That's I, I, true. I don't know if he's Actually, custom made right point. now. That's yeah, a great he's point. The, he's always been one of those guys that could never be controlled. He's like the UFC version of Stone Cold. I mean, he just kind of does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And, and you know, uh, Dana White's given him the freedom to kind of run roughshod because it, it you know, it, it got him viewed and sold him merchandise and made him money. But Vince McMahon doesn't care about that. Vince McMahon's a control freak. And and, and it, it's, you're going to run it my way or you're not going to be here. And I think it would be a failure for WWE to bring him in, have Connor have a couple slip-ups, maybe drop the F-bomb once by accident, or just do something that he's not supposed to do. Then they cut him, Then it's like, well, what was the point? Or to put up with it and then say, well, why can't you do this with everybody? This is awesome. And then they have egg on their face. So I don't know if it's a good idea overall just because of the explosive nature of McGregor, but I would love to see him because I do really like the guy. Yeah, that just that just goes to show you what's wrong with with pro wrestling today. You know, pro wrestling is always supposed to be at least what it, what it was when it was at its best is you can you can suspend reality and it should be wild and outrageous and you should give the fans everything that they want to see. And well, the problem is half became... these fans, half these fans still have their thumb in their mouth though. I mean, they, they're tailored yeah. towards, they're tailored towards kids now. I mean, you look at the audience on raw and I'd say 90% of them are between elementary and middle school. So it's just like, who, yeah. you know, that's where they're going with this now, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, Miz is in a whole bunch of crap because at WrestleMania, he had some blood on his ear after that match. And like, oh, you showed blood on TV. Oh, you know. So it's just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that McGregor is awesome. And I think he's awesome for the business. But I think he's awesome from a business standpoint of he's going to come in. He's going to sell his whiskey. You know, he's going to push the whiskey. Maybe, maybe that his whiskey brand. And I'm, I'm saying his whiskey brand because I can't remember the name right now. Um you know, becomes a sponsor of WrestleMania or becomes a sponsor of a pay-per-view and, and, and put, is put on merchandise. And, you know, this, this segment brought to you by, you know, his whiskey or whatever, and have him come on as like a special guest one or two nights. But to bring him in full time, um, I, I just don't know if he's, if he's controllable enough, which to me is awesome. But from, a, from their business model, I just don't necessarily know if it. That's a good point. You know, another thing is he's made so much money. He made such a fortune. He doesn't need it, yeah. Weather. Yeah, he doesn't need the money, and he would probably only want to come in for a couple spots. You know, but the, the thing that I, I thought was kind of weird was, you know, Cain Velasquez was training for 
Pro Wrestling, and I believe he's down and down there at uh, Lucha Underground, uh, mm-hmm. or it could even be the 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 one in Mexico. Uh, and with him having dominated Brock Lesnar, it would have been a na- made natural sense for them because he, Brock Lesnar's character was just getting so old. You know, it was just oh, like yeah. he's just unbeatable. You know, it's just it's boring, and he, he's boring. I mean. He's got no mic skills. That's why he's got to have Paul Heyman. He doesn't sound like how he looks. For them Paul Heyman's bring... awesome. Yeah, Paul, <laughs> Paul Heyman's, Heyman's great. Man. He's a great voice for. Well, speaking yeah. of Paul Heyman, you know, you talk about that Attitude Era, and uh, when I first got into pro wrestling, there was a bar in um, Connecticut, where obviously where I'm from originally, and that was called the Stink, and it had a strip club on one side and a bar on the other, and um, they used to have ECW shows there, and this was mm. like 97, I think 96, 97, true, true. 98, right around in there. And those shows were a blast. And you want to talk about oh, these raunchy bar shows? Oh, they were phenomenal. Mm. I think, I, I think they had to have. Um, I, I grew up in Norwalk, right on uh, Long Island Sound. And yep. the place that I'm talking about was in New Britain. Now it's it uh, it burned down. I think it was a it was mm. called the Sting. It was a strip club, and next to it was a yeah. um, was a bar um, that the big bar that had bands and stuff. And that was true, where they true. had the shows. Man, oh, they were well, awesome. I used to, they, well, I used to drive by Norwalk on my way to the casinos. Um, I I actually went to school. Oh, nice. uh, well, I live I live up in in Albany, New York, but. Uh, I went to school, Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Farmington, so I was right outside. Oh Hartford. yeah, that's great. Yeah, up in so, Harvard, so I'm, you were going to the going to the Foxwoods and the Mohegan Sun. Yeah, Foxwoods. Then you drive right through Norwalk to get there. Yep. Yeah, that's great, man. You know, um, I uh, I know Albany really well too, because when I was growing up, I don't know if you know a small town up there, like the small towns like Greenwich or Argyle. Mm-hmm. That are right near yeah, our, they are real small, real small. Yeah, towns. we used yeah. to. Well, that's where we used to go spend our summers when I was a kid at Summit Lake, which was in Argyle, Summit, New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is about, uh, well, I mean, it should it should only be about a half hour, but I mean, it's all back roads and stuff, so it'll take about an hour and a half to maybe two, depending on what way you take. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's backwoods back there, man. That's all. That's all uh, the country bumpkins up that way. Oh, yeah. See, people have a mistaken impression of New York. Everybody thinks of New York City. Big city. But mm-hmm. New York's got a ton of far, of, of uh, woods and uh, dairy farms, and, and it's a pretty rural state. Most of it. I mean, you go – the population base in New York is – you know, it is a straight line. You go Albany to New York City and you go down the I-90 corridor there, the I-95 corridor, and that is all the population. You head out towards Buffalo, and, I, I mean, you don't see civilization until you hit Syracuse, you know? So And, no. and, and, that's, two and, a, and that's two and a half hours. So it's just, yeah, and there's a lot. And then when you get north of, you get north of Lake George, it's all, you know, just little tiny towns until you get to Canada. So, yeah, it's... um. It's definitely a misconstrued state. Whenever I'm anywhere else, I say, oh, I'm from New York. Oh, man, big city kid. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, no, actually, I live about three hours north of the city. But, yeah, that's uh, people people mistake that a lot. But, uh, you know, have you ever – now, have you ever wrestled up in this in this area recently? 
I shouldn't say ever, but like recently, yes. have you been up around? Yeah. Um, yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, I I came back um, to headline a show uh, at my old high school, Norwalk High in Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay. And it was a fundraiser for the wrestling team for the mats, and it was an awesome show. I Dan Dan came up, uh, Sever came up with me, and we did a wrestling clinic. I didn't wrestle Dan in the main event. I Dan was on the card though. I wrestled uh, a kid named uh, Chase Brown, Cauliflower Chase Brown, who's in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor quite a bit. But he he we had a we had a great match and had a lot of fun up there. Uh, and that was uh, in May. It's going on two years ago now. Uh, there, we're supposed to do another one because it was supposed to be a series of three. I was, it was put together through my old coach and the new coach, Joe Fernandez, up there. And they wanted us, me to come up and do a coaching clinic, and the pro wrestling kind of came with it because we, were, we wanted to raise money for the mats. And we had a blast, man. Mm-hmm. I had been back home. I, I've lived down south. I moved out of Connecticut in 2000, early 2005. So I've been uh, oh, wow. out of the Northeast for a while, but I, I was all over the place. I was because I was a regional manager for Magic Hat, which you built from upstate New York, really not that far from Albany. They were from Burlington, Vermont. Yep, and, I drank uh, Magic Hat a lot. Nine, number nine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I brought Magic Hat down to the Southeast and opened up all the distributors down from Virginia down to Florida and out to Tennessee and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they moved me out to Texas. But that was that was how I ended up in the South. But uh, they're, they're actually, but but the bottom line was to say with that was um, I used to wrestle up in that area, um, back going all the way back to like I started in like '97, and that and back in those days, like when the Attitude Era was going, the indie pro wrestling in the Northeast was was cranking too at that same time. Mm, it was. Uh, real quick here, uh, uh, Big Swing be watching more in case our uh, our. Yeah, our I, I got the switchboard up. We have uh, uh, Matthews, our guest here, uh, and uh, he's really super cool. But I, I'm kind of curious when, when you wrestled, uh, were you a, a heel, a baby face, an in betweeny, or uh, were you a crowd guy? No, I always wanted to be a heel, and and I got into pro wrestling when, when I originally got into pro wrestling. I was training at uh, after college at a place called the uh, Akari Judo in Danbury, Connecticut. And my buddy Dave, he had wrestled for a rival high school for New Fairfield, came into our our dojo one day, and he's like, he's like, man, tell him, he's telling everybody I was getting into pro wrestling, and I always wanted to get into pro wrestling, but I never knew how to do it. And this was like '96 and '96 '97. And he was training at um, a school which was uh, Killer Kowal. You, you guys have heard of Killer Kowalski School or Killer Kowalski, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he yep. he trained up in uh, uh, Triple H in China, but I never went to Killer Kowalski School. I was um, I was Dave's opponent, like, and this was back before the internet was big, and he brought me around as as his opponent, and I was always wanted to be always doing it as a heel and I I did the Sheik for years. Uh I was Hussein Hassan Vaziri, the illegitimate son of the Iron Sheik and um and got a lot of heat that way. Um had had a mustache for a while. And I uh one of my one of my old coaches and mentors in pro wrestling was Frankie Kane, the great Mephisto and he gave me all of his old ropes 
So uh, I had all those robes. And then I started the King of Connecticut gimmick as an arrogant Yankee blue blood in the South. And it was kind of a takeoff on uh, on Elvis, you know, but as uh, as the kids started Which is out, awesome as though. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun because I I did some crazy stuff that was more attitude era esque, like uh, I brought a bunch of toothbrushes out to I wrestled one time in Kentucky against the MMA fighter um, Adam Newsom that was transitioning over to pro wrestling and he was well known in Eastern Kentucky and he got the uh, the strap for BCW out there and I came in with um, Jim Cornette as my manager because Jim Cornette. Actually, that promotion used to be part of, uh, if you guys remember when Jim Cornette had Smoky Mountain, um, that mm-hmm. was, that was, BCW was like a, was like a part of that territory. Um, so uh, I came out with a bunch of toothbrushes and I was introducing a foreign object to save the youth of, of Eastern Kentucky, something that they'd never seen before, the toothbrush. <laughs> and it was right around Christmas time. And uh, I did that same gimmick last year on a show that I did with Bonner in North Carolina uh, where I said I had to drive all the way to Charlotte to find these toothbrushes. So I know you people have never seen these before. And uh, I always wanted, I I always loved to be hated. And um, when the rebel flag came down from the state house in South Carolina, I got a big rebel flag. And you got to realize this was like hardcore country redneck crowd in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. It was the night that the flag had come down. I had a big flag and I came out and I always used this really arrogant voice as King of Connecticut. And I said, I said, your governor, Nikki Haley, came to my estate during martini time. And as she often does, and she got down on her hands and knees before me, as she also often does. But before she performed her duties, she surrendered the rebel flag to me. And then I pulled out the flag and uh, said, not since the war of northern aggression has the state of Connecticut had such power and influence over your little South Kakalaki. And get get to get a lot of. Did you get like fish. beer cups and toilet paper thrown in the ring? I mean, did they throw stuff? Oh yeah, they did in the in the kids, <laughs> uh, the younger awesome. generation of what was. There was one kid that was trying to uh, get storm the ring. I remember there was this guy, um, Tony Boyette, who's who is does security there, real overweight. You know, nice guy, but but not in greatest shape. And he was trying to stop this kid from running in and, and jumping in the ring. Um, and then the cool thing was that then I had my opponent come. My opponent came out, who was one of the local boys, and um, and, and I beat the hell out of him. So they got even more heat from the fans. So I've always I've always had a blast, man. Just being a, it's so much more fun to be a heel, especially especially at like redneck indie shows and bar shows. It's it, like when I was doing this well, shit. It's like people you know great. you're gonna get a rise out of, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all. And that's what's so great about the South, and that's what's so great about the rural South down here is is they look at pro wrestling as, as they look at it straight up, man. They don't, you know, they 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 are into it, and they're and they're not like sitting there trying to, and that's another thing I think the fans today, like with pro wrestling and it wasn't like this in the attitude era is these fans, they, they try to analyze everything now. 
You know, they mm. don't just sit back and have fun. And I think part of the reason for that is because the way it's presented. If it was presented mm. more wild and fun, like it used to be in the Attitude Era, I don't think that they would they would look at it that way. I think that they would look at it more as fun entertainment, and they would be able to sit well, back I think and enjoy it. I, I think a lot of it now, though, too, has to do with technology. Now, not necessarily on the indie level, but, you know, for WWE stuff, they can just look up, you know, if they hear a rumor about something or whatever, they can just look it up on their phone. And, and you know, they they get updates and they get rumors and they get spoilers and they get all this stuff on their phone. So, I mean, they basically don't even have to go to a show. They, they, they can sit on their couch and get an update of exactly what's happening with video clips of it and everything. So it's just, it makes it different. With the Attitude Era, there was no real way to communicate that to anybody. I mean, dial-up internet took you 40 minutes to sign on. So, I mean, nobody really really knew what was coming and that's why the shock value was able to work i mean they can't really do a lot of shock value stuff now because somebody will find out about it beforehand and ruin it for everybody so that's just that's just what we've become nowadays we're in a technology era and i think it's starting to affect wrestling a little bit too yeah i agree the nwl the nwl would not work nowadays like no nwl would not well that's another thing everybody's so offended by everything so yeah, uh, oh, I mean, God, if, yeah. If, if you know if you had a if you had a Godfather character or a Val Venus character or you know an Al Snow character or something like that, it would be you know uh, uh, misogynistic stuff, or it would be you're making fun of mental illness, or you're you know exploiting yeah, women, or you're you know well, whatever it may be. You know, remember when they had? Um, I I mean the most offensive thing. I'm surprised no one's no one's about truth. I mean, you know, our truth is, yeah, he's a jobber. I get it, but the whole stereotype of the dumb, goofy black man, you know, is what yeah. he's been doing for yeah. ten years, and nobody says a word. But you know, I, I just, I just think that wrestling has changed because of people's sensitivity and because of technology and the way that the media says that things have to be. And you know, it, it, it kind of sucks to me that. That they that they formed that, um, you know, because there's still a there's still a niche out there that would love them to stay like the Attitude Era was, and and you know, that's why I love independent wrestling and talking to independent wrestlers and talking to guys who aren't necessarily in or were in WWE because you guys get so much more freedom to do whatever you want creativity wise oh, yeah. with your shows, and you know if if I get a show up here in Albany or a show somewhere in New York that I'm going to go to. Uh, that's that's an Indian underground show. I'm expecting a hell of a good time. I'm gonna go get loaded up on some beers. I'm gonna be you know heckling yeah. the whole time and be laughing. I'm expecting to see something that makes me laugh or makes me go wow, whatever. I go to a, if you know Raw comes to the Times Union Center here in Albany. I'm not gonna go because it's the same drab you're gonna get every week, and it's commercialized, and the tickets are expensive, and you can't find parking, and it's just you know I, I, the, to me. I used to stub my, I used to turn my nose up in independent wrestling back in the day because I'm like, yeah, well, if these guys are any good, they'd be in WWF. Now I'm kind of like, damn, these guys are actually the ones who I'd rather watch. So, you know, it's just crazy how times change. Yeah, uh, it's Matthew so Grant fortunate, man. Uh, Matthew Grant has a guest here. We got uh, uh, apparently, uh, uh, I, I know that uh, John was doing the the Duke Fest this weekend, so. Uh, yeah, nobody else is on. Yeah, he's not on. Uh, Nobody's on yet. Hang with us for for another segment, or do you got to go? No, I can hang for another segment. I was gonna say about that. You know, back 
it doesn't even even that long ago. It was probably around maybe 2000. Uh, remember Davari? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. he, he, I just remember one time being at a live show in Hartford. I think it was probably Hartford Civic Center with some buddies, and Davari was in the ring, and he was taking off his his his. Uh, his wrestling boot, and he had these nasty, all this nasty mold on his foot. And he had it, and they had a girl come in uh, to kiss his foot. They were paying her money to kiss his foot, and um, she flashed her boobs. She gave a, a nice boob flash, and she had great boobs to the audience. And I knew that, you know, that was obviously the plan, you know. Uh, but but now you could, they could never do something like that. You oh know, my God! Just... They, they would be they would be fined. The network the network would probably kick them off TV. Yeah, and you know I I just it sucks because you, now now don't get me wrong. And a lot of people are probably going to listen to this and take it the wrong way. I'm very happy with the progression of women's wrestling in terms of you know and if you watch WrestleMania and you watch that main event, you can see that you know these ladies have come a long way in ring skill wise. And that's great. And I'm all for it. And I love that. And I wish there was more of that, but every once in a while, I, I miss the, you know, the whipped cream and chocolate pudding matches and the, you know, the mud matches. And yeah. All that stuff. Well, all the gimmick see, matches. I miss that. That's a perfect segue because if you want to see some real sexy women's wrestling on this, on this show, I'm calling with Bonner May 19th. They have, uh, my protege, the Strong Island Lolita, Gina Carucci, mm. who is also an exotic dancer, taking on lingerie fighting championships, Lauren Fogel. And if you look at no, the fans, yeah, oh, nice, nice. That's awesome. I just I just got off the phone with her a couple of hours ago. Um, she's um, she's friends with good friends with Bonner and I and and she's actually gonna be doing some training with Bonner out there in uh in Vegas over at Future Stars for this upcoming mm. show May nineteenth with uh, the Disco Inferno. You know I you know I hate I hate I hate to keep asking this, but if I were to um send you an email address, maybe you could uh email me a list of people that might be willing to be on with us, you know. I mean yeah. you know, yeah. not that I'm bragging or anything. But we're booked up from now until next February. He's bragging. Well, I know you guys have gotten an enormous following, and um, you guys have a huge following, and that's why uh, it's it's great great show, obviously, to come on. But I yeah, I could give you a, a ton of guys to to interview mm. because, in my capacity as a a manager of guys, whenever they've got anything going on, now uh, booking wise. I always want to get them on shows like this to talk about it, and they can talk about every other topic as well. All right. Well, what I'll do is, uh, and the other thing is, of course, you know, our fans knew I was going to ask this. Uh, Matthew uh, uh, Granahan is our guest here. Uh, you know, we got a big December uh, giveaway show coming up. You know, it's kind of like our, our, our Merry Christmas to our fans that listen where we give away autographs and stuff. Uh, do you think you might be able to send us some autographs of yourself that we can uh, give away? Of course, of course, no problem. And I'm going to have some shirts made, some more of my. Uh, I've got a thing for the king, uh, king of Connecticut t-shirts. Mm. That the ladies love. I could probably throw you a few of those as well. Awesome. You know, uh, 
a lot of people, uh, when I had uh, mentioned that you were going to be on, you know, I, I, you know, real quick here, this is another ego question for you. The I oh, boy. A cool collector's card for you. What was your opinion on that? With what now? I, I, I couldn't hear you. Uh, the icon made a cool collector's card for you. What was your opinion on that? I love it. I, I absolutely love it. You know, because uh, one fan, and this is a fan, this is not me, uh, he said, oh, you're going to have the that uh, guy from win, uh, In It to Win It uh, on with you? Has anybody ever confused you with that guy? You know, he's also Let on a cooking show or something. Are you talking about Guy Fieri? Yeah, the guy that's Yes, yes. I get Guy Fieri a lot, and when The Sopranos was on, and I had more uh, black hair on the top of my head, I was always confused with Paulie Walnuts. Really? That's oh, really yeah. I actually had had somebody make a meme of me with, uh, with Paulie Walnuts one time. Oh, oh boy! Just as long as you've never been compared to Doc Brown, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jay Leno. Now that the hair's now that the hair's uh, almost all white, you know, sometimes I'll get Jay Leno. I got that. I got that over the weekend this past weekend. Well, you know the difference between you and Jay oh. Leno. You're oh, a nicer guy. Oh, okay. Well, well, hey, it was gonna be a joke. You, I'm sure you guys remember Jay Leno and his stint there in uh, in WCW during the Attitude Era. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. When they uh, when they decided to uh, uh, stop uh, stop at the beginning of the match because he had Hulk Hogan and Hinlock so they could take all the pictures. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just um, I I think that things there are certain things that are awesome that you know independent shows can do. Um, and and one of the points I was going to make was I was watching a show up here once and. I think the night of or, or the night before one of the headliners or whatever got sick and uh, they, they, they needed a match and, you know, nobody was in town and they couldn't bring somebody in last minute. So, you know what they did? They brought in a match and it was a battle Royal and it was over the first rope battle Royal, not over the top rope, over the first rope. It was, it was midgets. It was little people. And oh, I mean, I mean nice. if, if you sit there and you watch, 20 hornswoggles in the in the ring at the same time. <laughs> it is it is hilarious. And That's awesome. It, it, you know, I can't like you'd never see that on WWE nowadays and I, it's just amazing. So th- th- there are certain things, you know, and, and we would love to definitely um you know support what you're doing and, and and talk to you guys, but we definitely like to talk to a lot of the indie guys as well and the underground guys because to me it's kind of like the NFL and college football. You watch college football and there's still passion in it. It still means something to them. They're not just doing it for yeah. a paycheck. Yeah. There's, there's emotion. Guys are crying on the sidelines after big losses. There's, there's that, that, that fiery, you know, kind of a flame to it, you know, and, and then you get these NFL guys that don't show up to meetings because uh, it's on a Tuesday and that's my jerk off day. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's yeah. different. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, like with you guys, there's so much, passion involved in it and, and you want it seemingly so much more um than you know sometimes difference? The, the another huge difference another huge difference is that they have writers now well yes yep 
That's true too. You know, I came up with all my own with all my own stuff. I'm the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses mm. of miscreants. I've got more swagger than Mick Jagger, more sex appeal than Vince Neil. Came up with all my own stuff, and now, you know, and then when I when I transitioned into broadcasting and broadcasting on a number of the MMA shows, I say I'm a paragon of pugilistic punditry. And, you know, you, you know they they have writers, and how is somebody going to write for me? How is somebody going to write for You're doing for shows in the South. You're doing shows in the South. Some people might not understand what you're saying. <laughs> I mean. And that's kind of the fun, that's kind of the fun part about it. When I had a, that, that, that time when, when I went against uh, Adam Newsom, and I had to do, they put they put Jim Cornette as my manager. And I had to do promos Ooh. with him. He he was translating like I was doing all my alliteration and using all the big words, and mm-hmm. uh, he was translating for he was translating for the uh, for the people of Eastern Kentucky. So I thought that yeah. was pretty funny too. And that was one that we didn't even plan. We just started doing. I just started flowing with the promo, and then when he picked up on what I was doing. He would he would cut in and he would translate for the people, so you know that's the kind of fun stuff that you do you do on the fly that they don't do in in WWE is just it's boring now it's overproduced. Well, you know you know it's funny you you know you mentioned we had talked about this earlier that you know I asked if you had done any comedy CDs but you know I had to actually put out a comedy CD a long time ago and I had a couple writers. And uh, when we put it out for sale, it went aluminum. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, you know, guys, you know, guys, I've been sitting well, here I'll listening you, to you all talk. You know, well, I've been sitting here listening. I'll tell you real quick here, uh, Granny. We we didn't forget about you. Uh, we're gonna bring. We're gonna go around the room now. Uh, big swing, kind of kind of got into but uh granny uh we're gonna open the floor to you what do you have for our guest uh uh well first of all i would like i mean first of all i would like to say if i got to see this guy as a heel granny would have a blast talking big smack to this guy let me tell you you she's the heel heckler She's the heel heckler. I, I am. I do, not I, like, love I do not like the heels. I do not like And you were talking a lot about Dan Severn. I got to see Dan mm. the Beast Severn at a TCW show down in Nashville, Tennessee. He wrestled against Wardell Walker. And Wardell mm. beat him. And, man, there were some guys there that was – I mean, they got mad. They were dropping the F-bomb words. I mean – they got up and stormed out of the show before the show was even over when Dan Severn lost to Wardell Walker. But I remember after the show, we were we went to Waffle House after the show, and, and Dan was walking out the door as I was walking in, and he's like, Granny Hulkster, we got to stop meeting like this or people's going to start talking. <laughs> I mean, that guy was absolutely amazing. And you mentioned Jim Cornette. I am personal friends with beautiful Bobby Eaton because he was a part of TCW when it ran here in Arkansas. I mean, I love Bobby Eaton. He is, I've never met Jim Cornette and I've always wanted, I've never got to meet him, but I love Bobby Eaton. And I remember one time we were at a show at Harrison, Arkansas and his booking agent, Brian Thompson and Brian and I, and we've had Brian Thompson on our show guys. Remember him? 
Remember Brian Thompson? Yep, yep. Yeah, he went he went by the he went by the icon, but he spelled his I K O N. Well, we were at a show at Harrison one time, and Brian says, "Granny, what what do you think you're doing here? You know?" And Bobby says, "Brian, you better leave Granny alone, or I'm going to have to hurt you." Well, the last show that TCW did, and you were talking about ECW and everything. Well, I'm a big Tommy Dreamer fan. Love Tommy Dreamer, yeah. and I loved him back in ECW days. I had not had my first knee replacement surgery yet, and I was standing up taking pictures because TCW, they always did TV tapings, and to this day, they still show the old reruns down in Little Rock area on TV, and I still, to this day, TCW quit running in 2013, and I still have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you granny? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I mean... They always had me in the front row. They always had me in the center. I mean, you know, where I was always on camera because, I mean, I could talk some pretty good smack to these guys. Well, Tommy grabbed my cane out of my hand, and he used my cane on Matt Riviera. And the one announcer's like, oh, my God, he's got Granny Holkster's cane. And Brian says, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This is a fan. Bring your own weapons match, you know. And he and he used um, my cane on Matt Riviera, and you know, and then he and it was one of those fold-up ones. So he was walking, and he starts swinging it like he, you know, he like he broke it and everything. And um, then he tucked the handle under the tights and pulled up the cane and gave him like a really serious wedgie, you know, like you know, making him hop like a bunny rabbit. But I tell you, I I love. I mean, I and I got to meet Ron Simmons here and Tony Atlas, oh, probably about a month or so ago at a autograph signing over in in Roland, Oklahoma, at the yeah. casino over there. Damn. And Ron Simmons gave Ron Simmons gave me a compliment. And I and I am very humbled by what he was said. It, he was granny. Was it damn? No. If oh. but I mean well he said I mean he said that for somebody, but I mean but my son can do a pretty good imitation of that, but um, Ron says, Granny, you are that type of fan that we loved back in the day. You don't see the type of fan you are. We don't see that anymore. You know, but cause he awful. says, you are, that, you are that true fan, you know. And I took uh, that as a very good, you know, compliment because – I've watched wrestling for years. I'm 56 years old. I've watched wrestling for years. And I have a friend over in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for Cost. I'm friends with Trevor Murdoch. We've had Trevor Murdoch at WFC numerous times, you know. And I've met, you know, when TCW was running, I mean, I've met people like Rock and Roll Express, Matt Hardy, Mickey James, Diamond Dallas Page, Jake Roberts, I mean, Disco Inferno. I mean, the name, you know, Tommy Dreamer, you know, I mean, the name goes on and on and on. And, I mean, I love, I mean, I love to watch my wrestling. But, yeah, if I had the opportunity to watch you as a heel, oh, watch out, my friend, because I would play with you like, to know him, I mean. So I, I, you know, you know, I, I think our guests would love, uh, who, in my opinion, uh, is, and this is debatable, of course, um, but in my opinion, 
the greatest heel of all time. And if not all time, at least the greatest heel, uh, you know, well, okay. Triple H was, was up there. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I obviously triple H the greatest heel, but to me, in my opinion, my favorite, I'm not going to say greatest. I'm going to say favorite uh, heel of all time <clears throat> was somebody who debuted in 97, but he didn't become the character I like until 2006, January, 2006. And uh, Icon, I mean, I know you know who it is. Uh, Granny, I know you know who it is. But uh, Unfortunately. The, the, the rated <laughs> R superstar, Edge. Yeah, now, he was a great heel. Edge was amazing as a heel. If you just look at the facial expressions, the just that crazed look he would get before he'd do the spear, like some of, some of just the, the crazy – you know, like in-ring personality, that the, the storylines he was involved in, and um, you know, you don't see heels like like any of that anymore. I mean, the heel you've got now, I think the best heel they got right now is Drew McIntyre, and and that's just because he's just so crazy. But I I just I love how you know you guys are able to stay traditional, and when I say traditional, I mean to me again, all I ever knew until the past maybe eight or nine years, all I ever knew was the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression style wrestling. So to me, that's what wrestling was. And the fact that, you know, you guys uh, are still keeping it alive, uh, at least in some capacity, uh, is, is, is a, a good thought to me. Because, you know, I watch the commercialized WWE now, and, you know, uh, unfortunately wrestling, as I knew it and loved it, uh, unfortunately, is is if it's if it's not dead, it's on its deathbed. So uh, I'm I'm just glad you guys are keeping that uh, keeping that flame going. Yeah, you know what what to what Granny was saying too. Uh, if you guys want to take a step back in time, this is a place to go, South Carolina. And Granny mentioned uh, Bobby Eaton and the Rock and Roll Express. And they've all wrestled at uh, the APW Arena uh, in Boiling Springs, South Carolina, right outside of Spartanburg. They've been doing shows every Saturday night for over 40 years. And uh, throw a name out there at you guys. It's a guy that's always there selling his merchandise is George South. Uh, he's he's there every and I had an opportunity to host the shows there uh, the last uh, uh, last couple months within the last couple months. But that's going to be the venue May nineteenth. And what Granny was talking about uh, with the cane uh, when hmm. I come out as King of Connecticut, I come out with my jumpsuit on and I've got this big purple robe that uh, the great Morfisto Frankie Kane gave me and I'm and I'm out there dancing and I'm and I was trying to uh dance and grind in front of this this older lady who's always front row at APW and um this was maybe 2015 and I turned around and boom she smacked me right in the back of the head with her cane when I was trying to dance for her Granny, wasn't that uh, the one that you were at? No, 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 no. That wasn't me. Because I don't, hey, I don't hit wrestlers with my cane. Now, I cannot help it if they take the cane out of my hand like Tommy Dreamer did. I've never hit a wrestler with my cane. 
Now, I have had a tug of war with my cane with Angel Medina at an Arkansas wrestling show. He was picking on this little sweet lady, and I said, Angel, why don't you come over and pick on somebody your own size? And we did a little tug of war thing with my cane, but I have never hit a wrestler with my cane. Yeah, you didn't mm. hit him with your well, cookie. You need, to come <laughs> to Oklahoma. you need to come to Oklahoma to wrestling for a cause, and you can see Granny in action. I want to. I want to oh, get boy. out there. I've been to Oklahoma in a long time. I would love to. I'd love to but get out there. Time, but next time you see, hey, you know what? Next time you see Ricky and Robert, you know, you can say, "Wow, I got a chance to talk to Granny Holster." They'll know who I am because I've met them on several different occasions too. So they're my favorite mm-hmm. tag team. They're awesome, and I'll tell you, man. They I, when I was wrestling in uh, for Southern Championship Wrestling. Uh, years ago at the old shows at the old Lawrence Fairgrounds, they were always on those shows. And, man, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, uh, a lot of people don't know how much history old Ricky Morton has. His uh, his father was a referee in uh, Memphis. And what my, one of my coaches and mentors in, in both uh, MMA and pro wrestling <laughs> was the, the late, great, the late, great Billy Wicks, who had – uh, the old uh, rivalry with Sputnik Monroe in Memphis, and um, he mm. passed. He passed on a couple of years ago, but he he was uh, one of my coaches and mentors in submission wrestling and, and MMA and also pro wrestling. And uh, he he was very good friends with uh, the Mortons and Ricky Morton's dad. Uh, so he, he he's got a long rich history. And I remember first time I was ever on a show with Ricky Morton. I had my my chic robe, and I told him and uh, Robert Gibson that I had, this was a robe I was given by a great Mephisto, Frankie Kane, and Ricky Morton just lit right up, and he started telling some some uh, Frankie Kane stories, because uh, because Frankie Kane was was a real character. If you, I don't know if you guys are too too young to remember the great Mephisto days in the in uh, yep. Georgia Championship yep. Wrestling and the TBS. Yep, definitely. But uh, but now, uh, now, but, you're, now you're getting into my era now. Big big yeah. big swings a little too young to remember that, but. Uh, and another also, and another wrestler that I absolutely love is Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I've had dinner with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Tommy Dreamer before. Oh, amazing guys! I mean, yeah, that's awesome. And you know, he, I know the gentleman. One of the gentlemen is from Albany. You know, he's from Hacksaw's from Glens Falls, right near yeah, Albany, but about about thirty five minutes north of me. Yep. But right now he lives within an hour from me here in South Carolina. Oh wow. Yeah, he's been on a number of the shows. We have about uh, ten minutes. Well, actually, about five minutes here left with you. And uh, like I said, I do appreciate uh, you uh, you saving me with uh, uh, you know my guest canceling. And uh, you've been awesome. And uh, we will definitely have you on again. And I do apologize for being such short notice, but um, you know, so we can get this in here. We got five minutes here left with you. If our friends and our fans want to check you out. Uh, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got an Instagram, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got out there? <laughs> well, the best place really is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Now, Facebook, it's Matthew J. Granahan, and they can follow me on there, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-J-G-R-A-N-A-H-A-N. 
And then Instagram is just King dot of dot Connecticut, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-C-U-T. And the website for the May 19th show is uh, MMA Millionaire Fight Club dot com, uh, or I'm sorry, MMA Millionaire Fight Club dot it dot info. And it is a pro wrestling show, but it's um, it's run through um, the Mike Caramico and MMA Millionaire Fight Club. Uh, and yeah, I really appreciate your time too. And I I, I look forward to to meeting Granny one of these days. And and uh, I I don't know the question is if I come on a pro wrestling show, will the people see the Sheik? Or will they see the King of Connecticut? See, see, Granny, you notice he mentioned he wants to meet you. He doesn't want to meet me. Oh no, I like to meet all you, fo- all you folks. <laughs> now uh, that show that you were talking about, uh, if our friends that are listening, our fans that are listening, uh, are in your area and they want to get tickets, uh, where's it at? When's it at? And uh, are tickets still available? And how much? And uh, well, that's, if, a, that's uh, a great question. If the icon would ever be, come out to one of your shows, do you think he can get a backstage pass and hang with you, or would you tell him? To just Absolutely, away, like, man. Get a backstage pass and and uh, hang out, and also hang out the night before. We're gonna have a party and a uh, a little weigh-in deal over at the Twin Peaks in Greenville, and the event is taking place in Boiling Springs. South Carolina on Builders Court Road. It's American Pro mm. Wrestling Arena. And now American Pro Wrestling Arena, as I said, they run shows there every Saturday night, and they pretty much sell out every week. So that's why we're you know the, doing the pay per view because I don't know how many tickets will be available uh, because they typically sell out on Saturday nights. It's it's a um, it's a really big. Uh, popular show in that local area, that Boiling Springs, Spartanburg area. Uh, but the best thing to do would probably be to go to that MMA Millionaire Fight Club info and check out uh, the pay per view. Now, will that be uh, will that paper that well? I, I was going to say, will that pay per view be broadcast? Of course it will, because it's a pay per view. Now, will they be able to get that on DirecTV, or is it just available on the internet? Well, normally my, this promoter works with Fight TV, um, but but he's creating his own platform now, and he's not working with Fight TV anymore. So it's streaming like you know, like they they do with Fight TV. Fight TV is, is essentially just a streaming service anyway. You know, um, he's creating his own streaming service for his events now because um, Fight TV takes pretty much half. Um, of the rev, we were top five for Fight TV for their pay per views uh, last year with the Miami show I did with him, Miami Vice Grip, and they take like half. So he's creating his own platform now. Um, he's a you know he's a tech guy and he's got some tech guys working for him. So um, that's why I say to check out that website. That is not my forte. I barely know how to turn on a computer, but uh, Mike Caramico with Millionaire Fight Club. He's he is. Uh, very tech savvy guy and he's got Joey Cacolano that works for him that was down there with us in Miami. That's a, uh, that's a real big tech guy. And they're basically creating their own, um, their own streaming service for pay-per-view. So, you know, it, you know, you mentioned, you know, you can hardly turn on the computer. So you're kind of like the way my grandfather used to be. Uh, he liked to play solitaire and he used to try and play it on the computer. And he said, you know what? It would have been better if I would have bought a $2,700 deck of cards. You know, 
<laughs> Pretty sure Larry the Cable Guy said that too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, uh, my my grandfather could never understand the concept of uh, uh, click and drag. You know, he just like would say, "Move the ace over to pile number one instead of grabbing." You know, that's how he used to do the. He used to try and talk to the computer, but of course, yeah, he couldn't understand what you know. I mean, or I like to move it with your fingers. Yeah, if if they would have had Siri back in the day, my grandfather probably would have asked her for a date. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you can you can you, you can use that as uh, on your one of your comedy shows too. You know, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. I I used to say yeah, the yeah. only the only woman I trust is Garmin Electra. Back when uh, when they had the uh, the Garmins, you know, to navigate. So that is that is one right. good thing. You know, that is one good thing that technology has has brought us the GPS when you're driving because um I remember back in the day when you had to try and use maps. Yeah. Oh, that's you brutal. Know, speaking of uh speaking of GPS real quick, you know, we got uh, we got about 3 minutes here before we wrap this up. You know, I remember my ex used to say, "Hey, Icar, wouldn't it be great if that was my voice?" and I said, "No." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've got I've got it programmed with the British. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my! But uh, you know, hey. I'll tell you what. Hopefully, you know, if I ever, you know, uh, I'll admit I've only been to uh, I've only been out to Car- uh, South Carolina one time. We got delayed there for fifteen minutes. Uh, we were supposed to go from uh, Dallas to Chicago to Fargo, but they closed Chicago, so we went from Dallas to Charlotte to Minneapolis to Denver to Fargo. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and we got back five minutes quicker than if we would have had to lay over Chicago, which is completely amazing. You guys, you guys remember Sonny Ono from the Attitude Era from WCW? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's been on with us, too. Yeah, Sonny is a great guy, man. I, I broadcast with him for a fight promotion called WACO. It's World Association of Kickboxing Organizations, and I had to do a show with him, speaking of airports, this past winter in Des Moines, Iowa, and I got stuck all night in the airport in Chicago, um, mm. and uh, uh, that was brutal, man. And uh, it ended up it ended up being not too bad of a show, but he's a great guy. He was a great guy to work with. Uh, a lot of folks forget about Sonny Ono, but you know he was in WCW, and he's also a great broadcaster for kickboxing because he's got a. Well, yeah, a, he, a lot of people, he also he also invented the selfie. I yeah, still love Mr. Yamanuchi. Of the selfie. That's right. Chappy Chappy <laughs> Obiti. But anyway, that's right. Oh, no, that, yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was yeah, that was tie and tie, right? Uh, well, but anyway, so, was, yeah, we yeah, got about, right. we got about ninety seconds left here, and then they're gonna they're right, gonna well, cut to uh, Yankee Michael, coverage. Thank so, for, uh, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, and uh, uh, just to let everybody know, we got a we got a big show next week. Uh, we have uh, uh, Deborah Richards, uh, the great actress director. We have uh, the uh, author uh, of uh, New York. We have Richard Maxwell, and we have Zoe Sky. And uh, if she, if either one of those are, are not available, Janae Ruiz will be on with us next week because she couldn't be on this week. So we got a big show next week. Awesome! Thank you guys, man. Have a great night. Thank, Thank you. For being you. On. And it's been great. We will see you next Monday night. Stay tuned.
dead man walking. You've done it now.